Ross, have you bought your ticket for Avengers yet? Uh, yes. I think uh, my wife was so excited. She was like, let's buy for two showings because we're going to want to see it again. What day are you going? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. I think it's... I... No, I have no idea. I'm not going to try. I'm going Thursday at 1030 because I don't trust the internet. And I was like... That's fair. I got like a, a kind of a middle row seat at like the right side and was just like, you know what? That's fine because I would rather see the movie and not get spoiled because you know everybody's going to be out there trying to put, yo, this character died in, in uh, Endgame. Yep. Yeah, Dumbledore died in Endgame. Um, yeah. Uh, spoilers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think I'm seeing it. I'm not seeing it opening night. I think I'm seeing it on Sunday. So yeah. I'm going to go pretty social media silent during that point. But also yeah. seeing, uh, going to see Shazam on Saturday, which has been getting really good reviews. I'm excited for. Yeah, I really wish I was interested in Shazam. I feel like I'm you're just... not interested in anything but Iron Man and Avengers. And Batman. And Batman. But not even really because I didn't see any. Listen, I'm not that into superhero movies outside of Iron Man and the Avengers. That's fair. Technically also Captain America because Winter Soldier and Civil War were great. Winter Soldier is still my favorite MCU movie. Winter Soldier is a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Really is. I can't believe it's it's ending. I know. They're going to start phase two. No, this is like phase four. Well, they've like re or this is the Infinity Saga. They're gonna start the next saga after oh. this. There's gonna be like an Eternals what, what movie. You... There's gonna be they've laid it all out. How do you how do you feel about talking about uh, like rumors and speculation yeah, about the films? Yeah, no, why not? Sure. What do you think of the rumors? So there's a rumor that I I kind of like, uh, where when Thanos snapped. Mm-hmm multiverse Mm. so everybody who got snapped everyone who got dusted is now in a different on a different earth in a different marvel multiverse and so like spider-man nick fury all those people what you know black panther they're all in their own universe and that's why none of the you know the original avengers are there and so it's just gonna go off in this split multiverse interesting i don't and then theoretically you could bring it back together later for like a big bad guy like galactus that's interesting i don't think they're gonna go that way because i think they're gonna bring almost everyone back at the end of the movie anyway i feel like they shouldn't i feel like the multiverse would be way cooler yeah make those like you make those deaths meaningful in that universe but like they already have the next 10 years of films planned out and none of them involve those characters so or like most of them don't so I don't think that's the direction they're going, but I mean, I'm always down for a multiverse. I think I thought it was a cool theory. Like I'm not reading a lot of stuff on it. Cause like, I don't want to read stuff and yeah, then like yeah. see it happening in the movie and see it like forming and be like, Oh my God, I know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Cause then it just ruins it for myself. But I thought that was really cool. I'm going to come out of Avengers being like, why is an ultimate Alliance three here? I need it. Yo, I like, I went into Infinity War being like, I don't see how they can possibly balance all of these characters in a movie. Yeah. And I was really worried it was going to feel like, you know, almost like the middle child kind of thing. Well, I mean, you they know, didn't like, instill much hope after Age of Ultron. Yeah, but well, I mean, it was the Russo brothers, though. Yeah. But like, Infinity War, top five Marvel films all time. Like, yeah, I, I think so. on, any, yeah. on, on any day, yeah. you know, like that film is fantastic. It's a really good film. They made a, a, a movie where the villain is the main character. Yeah, and they made the 
most uh, the most like fist pumping scene in the history of Marvel Cinema when Thor appeared in Wakanda. Oh my god! Oh, such, oh. No, and well, that that and you know Black Panther just Wakanda forever. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> and him and Captain America just booking it in front of just everyone, charging oh. out and just like Racia, not yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm so glad that in the cinematic universe they made Captain America a character I care about. Yo, they made Captain America someone I care about. Yeah. And I thought Captain America was super boring. Yeah, Chris Evans, great job. In that role, Man, the, Rus- the Russo brothers, great job. Oh yeah, I, like let let's be real. The Captain America turn came in Winter Soldier. Oh yeah, I would. He was just Captain America, but he became a badass in Winter Soldier. Oh, that elevator fight scene. So God, I could rewatch that movie right now. I'd rewatch that movie every day. I love that movie. Are we doing this? No, <laughs> no. No, no, it's not, I don't remember the line from the movie. Oh, I thought you were like, I was like are, no. are we watching all of the films in the Marvel Universe? Oh, God, no. And I'm I like, have no desire to watch I, anything with Thor and that Thor stuff. Ragnarok was hilarious. I will say that. That would be the one I would watch if I watched a Thor movie. Yeah, that's the only one you need to watch. I watched the first one. I didn't watch Dark World, which is widely considered to be the worst Marvel movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. I Like, I don't think a lot of his stuff really ranks all that high the thor trilogy yeah i don't think except for ragnarok yeah i mean the other two i think rank pretty low in the echelon of like marvel films oh yeah for sure for sure that the first like, thor movie is just awkward like what do you think top five in in no particular order you have yeah. infinity war you have civil war winter soldier probably iron man one and then maybe the first avengers um, let me bring up a list of Marvel movies at this point, because I know I'm going to forget them. In my my top five... I re- Maybe... I Well, hold on. It might be Black Panther. I haven't seen Black Panther yet. I really that, liked Black Panther. Probably, I didn't like Black Panther as much as a lot of people did. I thought it was very good, but I didn't think it was crazy. Um, I, I mean, it depends. Are you talking about, like, the overarching, like, probably the top five best movies or my personal top five? Because those probably are different the five, lists. Probably the five best movies. Yeah, so, yeah, it would be... Yeah, Infinity War. It would be Civil War. It would be... Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Probably Iron Man 1. Yes. And then maybe the Avengers 1. Maybe Avengers 1, maybe... I mean, personally, I'd put Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther above Avengers 1. Uh, I'd put Thor Ragnarok above Avengers 1, not Black Panther. Because going back and watching Avengers one, that those first forty five minutes are slow. Not, yeah, not gonna lie. But or some then, some people may put yo, the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie in there. That's true. Do you hear um the official runtime for uh, Endgame? Uh, it's over three hours, isn't it? Three hours, two minutes. Yep, I'm totally They're down for it. Talking about having an intermission. No. 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 Intermissions are for the week. No, No, there can be no breaks. (laughs) I don't want to leave my seat. Once I'm there, you have to roll the movie. Yep. No, there's no way around it. Apparently they did testing and they said nobody got up. Of course they did. Any of their testing. Of course. Because it's like Yo, but like Infinity War was a long movie. That was two and a half hours, and that movie like feels great. Like, I've watched that enough where it's like there's no point that I can point to and be like, yo, this is this shit's boring. Like, mm-hmm. I wish this was... Fa- like, they nailed it. And, like, they had the, the hype moments, like, when Thor comes down. And then they got the kind of quiet moment following that when, like, Thanos is talking to, to Doctor Strange. Like, they they balance it so well. They get you really hyped. They give you a chance to calm down. And then he drops a moon on Iron Man. Like, come on. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
my favorite line in that whole movie. It's like, if you drop another moon on me, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> <sighs> well, video games. Yes, I am Chris. Joining me, as always, the man himself. That's M- the time for you to introduce yourself. My name is Ross. Boom. And I video think games. Ant-Man is a top five Marvel movie. Boom, I said it. I said it. I'm proud of it. Which do you think was better, Ant-Man or Ant-Man and the Wasp? I think I still like the first one slightly more, but I really like it. I feel like Marvel sequels struggle sometimes. Uh, I would because they always they always feel like a middle movie to either like, you know, Iron Man two kind of felt like the middle movie to Avengers. And then usually they fix it until they put Shane Black in charge of Iron Man three. Uh, yeah, I mean Iron Man two and Iron Man three were both not good. So I, I mean Iron Man one has redeeming qualities. I think. Uh, I mean Iron Man one is still considered or Iron like, Man two. I mean boring. Iron Man two. I don't know. The dude has a an electric whip and he's talking about his bird the whole time. I didn't really but do the, a whole lot. But the briefcase. Yeah, the the briefcase. <laughs> sure. Yes. Okay. Yep. Number one Marvel movie ever. That briefcase is pretty awesome. No, and then there's the fight with Rhodes. Then there's the, the the Iron Man War Machine thing. Like they did, they did stuff in Iron Man two that moved it, that moved the universe forward towards Avengers. Like that movie is not without value. Whereas I think Iron Man three is entirely throwaway. It wasn't so- because it has no consequence. Wasn't something crazy like he's only in the suit in the movie for like ten minutes or something? Yeah, and the suit operates on its own, and it's just slapstick bullshit humor where it's just like, oh, the suit's coming in, and it hit something and fell apart. Yep. And it's just so stupid. And then Gwyneth Paltrow in yoga pants and a tank top saves the day. I mean, I I love me some Gwyneth Paltrow. The The coolest scene in that whole movie is when the house is blowing up, and he throws the armor on her. Yeah. And then takes it back, and he's suiting up while getting shot by machine guns, and he's just like, I'm... Iron Man. And that was at the beginning <laughs> of the movie. Yeah, and then like the stupid kid, the 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 like oh, the panic yeah. attacks felt weak. Like nothing that the movie was trying to do felt worthwhile. And then he blows up all the suits and then freaking Age Voltron comes around like nothing happened. Yeah, I feel like the Iron Man trilogy is the only trilogy in Marvel that gets demonstrably worse with each entry. Yeah. The other ones might be uneven, but they generally end on a high note like Thor, oh, yeah. Thor Ragnarok was great. Um, I mean, depending on how you look at it, you could argue that Captain America kept getting better, but like Civil War is tough because I don't, as much as they put Captain America on the title, I don't think that's a Captain America movie. That could be Avengers Civil War, you know? Yeah. You change yeah. the name and it changes nothing about that movie. Yeah. Yeah. So. But, uh, you know, it's, man, Civil War is a really good movie though. Yeah, it is. Remember how Square Enix is making an Avengers game? Dude, yeah, I'm still curious about it. <laughs> it must not be good. Yeah, must be pretty bad. <laughs> if, it, if it's taking... Oh my god, do you think Anthem spooked them? Oh my god. You think they were doing a game, like a live service game, Avengers game? Yeah, that that was the rumor. Oh, that was the rumor? That it was, was going to be Destiny. Oh, please. Yeah, oh, let that god, die in no, a fire. We... We talked about this. Hold on. Cover me. I got to find this. Yeah. I got to no, find this article. It's, yeah. Let's make every game a live service game because all of those start off really well and are released to critical acclaim right away and don't take a year and a half to get good. Please. I would love nothing more than for all of my favorite properties to turn into a live service game. All right. Hold on. From IGN. Okay. 
IGN, reliable. This was not Philip Mewson, so reliable. Okay, good, good, um, good caveat. Yeah, yeah, bringing that back. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, Crystal Dynamics upcoming Avengers game will feature social shared online yeah, play. That, and will, at yeah. least in combat sections, resemble a third-person cover-based action-adventure game. Boy, yep, that can go ahead and keep dying, and then I just want to see what Rocksteady's doing. That's. I mean, like, you have Crystal Dynamics, which is like, yeah, you know, they're a good developer. I just, quality, I, I don't like, want live service games. I just want games. I know, I know. I want games with a beginning, middle, and an end. All right, hold on. I wanna, I'm gonna skip around a little bit before we talk because neither of us really played. Excuse me, a wide variety of games this week. Uh, uh, I played the widest variety of games. Yep. Life. Uh, Jason Schreier just wrote like. I read it. Yeah. yeah, I read the whole thing, like like a dissertation on how Anthem didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the it, man the wrote a chapter. He wrote a chapter for his next book. Yeah, he That's really did. That's what this is. And that, yeah, that, and that chapter was better than most of the chapters in his actual book. And here's book. the thing. Here's the thing is it, it reads almost exactly the same as Mass Effect Andromeda. Yup. It's like, well, the core of the issues. We learned frostbite. Nothing. Frostbite I, kills everything. Yo, EA needs to get off of frostbite. Like they either need to. What EA needs to do is one of two things. They either need to pay a team to go in and build the stuff they need into frostbite. Like they need to have just a dedicated team that sits down for twelve months and is just like, yo, we're going to program all this stuff into frostbite. Mm-hmm. because we can't keep doing this. Yeah. Because, like, you know, it shows that they didn't support them because, like it says in the article, you know, they while Frostbite teams were helping FIFA and Battlefront, you know, the games that make more money, you know, Battlefront had its own problems. And now, how good is it now? You know, yeah, you, you it's not going to make as much money as FIFA or Battlefront, but guess what? Anthem's making a lot more press. Yep. And... I feel like any news is bad news in video games <laughs> right now. Yeah, if you um, if you haven't had a chance, go and read it. It's it shows a lot of. There's the... also uh, I was just gonna say if you want to save yourself some time, there is a YouTube video where Jason Trier kind of breaks it down. Mm. Like you could just search on YouTube like what went wrong with Anthem, and it's like an eight minute video where he kind of details some of the highlights. Um, yeah, the absolute <sighs> worst part of this. Because, like, dude, they, they just, they drop the ball in so many ways. And it's, like, I see so many people, like, just yesterday I was in a Twitch chat. And, like, I think so many people are just blindly defending Bioware because they're Bioware. And they're like, EA, it's all EA's fault. And, yes, a certain level of blame falls on EA for things like Frostbite, for not providing the support, for looking at Anthem as maybe, like, a B-tier game. You know, even though they wanted it to be AAA. You know what I mean? Yeah. EA is not faultless. But... Bioware had been making this game for almost seven years, and they 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 didn't develop it until the, that trailer went out at E3 yeah. when they announced it. And it wasn't you even cannot, called Anthem. You cannot develop a game like that. And the, yeah, the title Anthem they had to change like right before from Beyond, and Anthem meant nothing going in, and they they had to work the name of the game <laughs> into the game. Yeah. You have to do everything. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's just like there is like kind of almost a civil war between the Edmonton and Austin studios where the Edmonton studios had this like superiority complex 
and they wouldn't listen to the Austin Studios who had experience with live service games from the Old Republic. And it's a whole and like, cluster. And they and apparently they couldn't talk about Destiny. Yeah, it wasn't a, the Destiny was a bad it. word. If anything, they compared it to Diablo three was the comparison they chose. And it's like, in what universe can you know that a game like Destiny exists and went through the development process and release process and like had to salvage itself? Yeah. How do you see that and then choose to ignore it? Yeah. You know what they say about history? It repeats itself. Hmm. Cyclical. And then the worst part of it all was Jason Schreier had sent parts of the article, like the highlights to EA and BioWare, oh, asking yeah. to, for them to you know contribute like a response or something for the article. Instead of doing that 15 minutes after the article went up on Kotaku, they posted a response where they basically were like, hold on, um... There's a quote right here. We chose not to comment or participate in the story because we felt there was an unfair focus on specific team members and leaders who did their absolute best to bring this totally new idea to fans. We didn't want to be part of something that was attempting to bring them down as individuals, uh, which is not the, that was not the intent. So they're basically trying to spin this article that Jason Schreier wrote into like this hate piece against Anthem. Yeah. Hit piece. And it's not that it's, it's not. No, like, it's this a is bunch educational, of... educational, like... And Polygon writes an article, you know, a little bit later, and they're like, you know, Bioware, the press is not your enemy. Yeah. And they're like, you need to tell us what's going on, because that's the only way things are going to change, is if we don't know, if you tell us, we can get it out there. And then, you like, know? And then like, Casey Hudson came out and said, yeah, these problems are real, and it's our focus to fix them. Yeah, and, like, dude, like, I have no more faith in Dragon Age... Yeah, yeah, it's... I have no more faith in Bioware, and I don't think anybody should, because this is not the same Bioware that put out Mass Effect 3, and everybody wants to hold up Bioware. It's the same thing that happens to all the greats in the industry. It happened to Blizzard. Uh, it happened to, you know, companies like DICE, you know? And it's these people who put these developers on a pedestal and say, you know what? It, you know, it happens to the Call of Duty developers, things like that. You know, these people put these companies on pedestals and it's like, you know, they're the best. They can do no wrong. And then once they start doing wrong, you know, you have these people who just blindly defend them. No, it's the publisher's fault. It's this, it's that, and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, these teams are not the same teams. You know, the, the, the team at Treyarch probably isn't the same team that made Black Ops 2, you know? The team at Infinity Ward is definitely not the same one that made Modern Warfare 1 and Modern Warfare 2, you know? The team yep. at Sledgehammer is not going to be the same team that made Advanced Warfighter or Warfare and the or the same team that made Call of Duty World War II, you know? Blizzard, he's not the same Blizzard that made the original StarCraft, that made Diablo 2, things like that. You know, it, it's... We cling to the name, but we forget that there's people who are no longer involved. Mm -hmm. And it's like... You can't swear fealty to a developer. Because there's this industry is so in flux... And, you know, like, even a creator, like, you know, Hideo Kojima, his next game could flop. Death Stranding could be a complete and utter flop. I'm not saying I want it to be. I'm not saying it will be. But, like, we just get so infatuated. It's the whole concept why we have a console war, air quotes, you know? is because we swear fealty to these companies, and we think they can do no wrong, and the other side is bad because they're the other side. You know, the people hating on Anthem, well, they must be wrong because they're not real fans of Bioware. 
No, yeah. it's because the game is objectively bad. It is objectively flawed. Maybe objectively bad is being a little rushed. Flawed is a better word. I don't think it's a good game, though. <laughs> yeah. But, like, the, the game is objectively flawed and can definitely be viewed as bad. Um, it's It's just this messy situation where it's like and and like i'm still at that thing this week i was thinking about playing anthem and i'm like why am i going to put the time into a game that just feels like it's a burning wreck it's like getting on the bus while it's on fire and driving Mm. off a cliff why would i get on that bus still the first game i've realized that i'm looking forward to in 2019 is wolfenstein youngblood yeah still and that comes out in like june (laughs) And you know what? Like, April, even with them, like, I, I don't completely trust this game because, like, I was, re- you know, Wolfenstein 1, excellent. Wolfenstein 2, excellent. The DLC between them, really not that good. Yeah. I, Old Blood was not great. It was not good either. It was decent. Um, It was it was kind of weird, honestly. Yeah, we'll see if I get to 10 games at the end of the year that came out this year that I actually care enough to talk about. Right now, yeah. it's just stuff from 2018 and earlier that is the stuff I'm having the most fun with this I'll year. I'll be honest. I'm having a lot of fun with indies this year in a way that I haven't. Like, I I have historically been a big AAA guy. That's true. Uh, Yeah, and, like, it's not... I, I, I don't want to call it, like, a bias against indies. It's just a lot of those games are, you know, they're, they're usually going after, like, a genre or a niche that I'm not personally interested in. Mm-hmm. But, like... I've been kind of expanding my horizons this year. Like, I am not a big fan of roguelikes or roguelites and things like that. But I love Risk of Rain 2. I've been playing that a bunch. Wrote an article about it. That game is fantastic. And it's in early access. Yeah. And I'm looking at that like, that's probably going to be in my top 10. Risk of Rain 2 is awesome. I have a ton of fun playing that. Um... You know, one could argue one way or another whether this is indie, but Avalanche self-published Generation Zero, you know? So I, I don't know where that falls on the indie spectrum. Probably not, but because they're a big developer. But, like, that game came out, and, like, people, it just got panned. And I've been playing it still, and I re- I thoroughly enjoy that game. Dude, last night, oh my god, we were playing Generation Zero, and... We found the bigger robots, and those things will mess you up. So we're fighting this robot, right? We're fighting a bunch of little, like, the, the, the smaller runner robots. And my buddy's looting them, and he's like, okay. And he's looking at his map, like, trying to mark the next destination. And I see lights in the distance. And it's three bigger mechs walking through this, walking across this field directly towards us, searching. Like, they got the yellow lights. Like, they're searching. I'm like, dude, dude, we got three in the field three in the field and he's like what oh shit (laughs) so we start booking it they start coming after us and we're trying to fight them they're like hiding in bushes trying to ambush us and stuff and i'm like what the hell is this we kill them two more guys come out of nowhere and they're just like yo what's going on over here (laughs) and like it was just this intense like non-stop kind of firefight that kept happening until like we killed this big guy and it was over after that but like Man, like, the games that, like, I didn't expect to like this year have kind of just blown me away. Yeah. That's always and, that's always the best feeling, is when you're yeah. surprised. 
Like, I, I did not know what to expect from Generation Zero because it looked so cool, but everybody was like, ah, no, nah, this game doesn't have, you know, legs to stand on, things like that. And I'm playing, I'm loving it, dude. Loving this game. Like, no, it's not amazing, but there's something about it that I'm just so drawn to. It, you know, almost in the same way I'm drawn to, like, a Destiny. Like, this is a game I can just go in and start running around, fighting really cool-looking robots, and just looting and... We, we spent so much time just looting, just walking around towns and, like, picking stuff up. Oh, ammo over here, you know, this stuff. Hey, there's another mission. And we're just walking around. The game doesn't, like, give you, like, objective markers. It's just, like, find this base in this area. And there's just a, a label on a map. And it's like, okay, well, this area is to our south. So let's go there. And, like, okay, we found the naval base. Go inside the naval base. Explore this big, like, concrete, like, base. It's all dark. you got to turn on the power. And, like, all the while, you hear, like, Predator clicking for the robots inside and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, like, dude, it's so cool. And, like, oh, my God, the lighting, dude. It's, like, you go in, and it's pitch black, and you turn on your flashlight, and it's, like, the perfect flashlight. You know, like, when video games, like, you have that flashlight that lights the room in just such a way that it's, like, yo, this is so cool. It's, oh, it's so good, man. Oh. I can, I can talk about Generation Zero for the whole podcast. But I don't even want to talk about Anthem. <laughs> you know? And it's well, like, it's well, sad. Well, let's move on from Anthem. We've yeah. we've talked about Anthem enough over the past... No, no, again, I'm not trying to start... Like, I'm not trying to start anything with Anthem. I'm just more making a point, like... It's just yeah. crazy how yeah. how this year is going so far. You know? And, and, and how something like this can keep happening. Yeah. No, like, I'm totally with you. Like, The Division 2 came out totally fine. You know? It's, like... Yeah. I'm even coming around a little bit on the, the season of the Drifter, you know, with Destiny. I, I, I finally got my, um, I got all my pinnacle weapons. Mm -hmm. This is the first season I did all three, including the Crucible. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I would get it. Dude, those guns are real good. Nice. I want to talk to you about a machine gun real quick. Okay. 21% delirium, okay? Yep. It's been named my new band. Gun. I'm okay. suing. Mm -hmm. Yep. This machine gun has a 900 fire rate. It's double any other machine gun in the game. And you can overflow the magazine. So, like, I can get 230 rounds in my magazine. And it, once you kill three enemies, it gets these killing tally stacks that increase its damage. And it keeps that damage buff until you stow or reload the weapon. And as long as you keep walking over purple or green ammo packs, it will continue to overflow the magazine. So okay. you can just keep walking over ammo and just keep firing nonstop with, like, a huge damage buff. Oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, and you get it from Gambit Prime, which I'm kind of coming around on because, like, it makes me kind of hate regular Gambit. The Gambit Prime is weird where you can be really behind and then all of a sudden, like, just catch up because, like, if you know what you're doing, you can kind of let the other team take their time doing the Primeval thing because they're in no rush. You have 30 motes, and then all of a sudden you're tied. Mm -hmm. You know? I, it's it's weird. That's, that's literally all I played this week is Destiny 2 to grind those guns. I got the Crucible one, the Recluse SMG. It's really good. Um, I got some cool Gamp Prime weapons. Uh, th there's a lot of really good guns in this DLC. If nothing else, I think the guns are better this season than they were in Black Armory. Considering that was all about the guns. Yeah. I think that says a lot. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I, I think the guns that. are way better this season. Like, I'm a hand cannon guy. I, I hated hand cannons. And I got this hand cannon, this Gambit Prime hand cannon. And I love it. I just started using it. And it just felt great. 
Even the scout, they gave, they gave me a scout rifle, felt great. They gave me this auto rifle, felt great. These guns just feel great. It's crazy. I'm and happy then to Reckoning, hear it. dude, I fought Oryx. Yeah. Oryx is at the end of tier three sometimes. Oh, nice. It was really cool. That's 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 all I got for like games played this week. That's why I, that's why I figured we'd talk about the end of thing. Yeah. I don't have anything else. Yep, I didn't play anything this week. Great. Um, yep. We're supposed to play Risk of Rain. Yeah, we'll we'll still play it on Saturday. It's right. a life life got in the way this That's week fine. of a lot of things. So, so yeah, um, I I did put a small amount of time more in Final Fantasy IX. Again, taking it at my own pace, still enjoying it, loving it. Um, looking forward to actually the Zodiac Age coming out on Switch at the end of this month. That's my next big game. I need to be Final Fantasy IX before that. So, that's my goal. Um. Yeah, do you want to jump into some of these news? Yeah, we got news. Um, I know you bumped this to the top, so let's you know, let's start here. Yeah, so um, the developer, uh, Monolith Soft, who is, has made the Xenoblade Chronicle series, one that's near and dear to my heart, um, is working on a new Legend of Zelda title. Um, it's hiring for programmers, designers, and artists. Um, they co-developed uh, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword and Breath of the Wild, which is kind of funny. It's kind of the polar opposites of a lot of fan opinion. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they were responsible for a lot of the open world design um, as they have a lot of experience with it. Um, so it's not confirmed if they're going to be sole developers. If I mean, Nintendo's starting to hand out their franchises to other studios like um, the Crypt of the Nectar is, Dancer Studio. Is Monolith wholly owned? Um, they might be a second party. I'm not sure. I can't remember. So not owned, but exclusive? Uh, kinda generally, like yeah. Kind of like Insomniac was in the PS2 era? Yeah, I think so. Don't quote me. Um, but, I mean, they used to make, like, Xenosaga and Xenogears yeah. for PlayStation. I'm not sure where they're at now. Man, um, like, honest to God, like, I'm not the biggest zelda fan but mm. i put more time into breath of the wild than i have yeah. any other zelda game combined yeah yeah it was uh, I, I love that and game. like <laughs> i am totally willing to play that game again yeah you know just at the time i was like you know what i want to move on to other things but like that is a game that i would totally be willing to go back to and like you know properly finish but mm. i put a couple dozen hours into that game just kind of running around doing stuff and i had a good time yeah you know and it was just like i'm just Certain open world games, I feel like the more freedom I have, the worse I am because I just like I get like paralyzed by choice, distracted. (laughs) And then it's like I want to do everything before the mission, and then it's like I just gotta like I I, then I'm like I get to a point where I'm like I have to laser focus on the mission, and then like I feel like I'm forcing myself to do things, and I'm just like okay, I have to stop. Yeah, and I mean the cool (laughs) thing about uh, cool thing about Breath of the Wild is that you can beat the game in like half an hour if you really wanted to, and you're good enough. I think the next time I play it, uh, I'm definitely just gonna probably just I'm gonna just laser focus the story and Mm -hmm. beat that, and then do whatever else I want to do after that. But just to say I beat a Zelda game, you know. But to my point, I am infinitely more interested in whatever this Zelda game is, knowing they're part of it and knowing what they did for Breath of the Wild, like. Mm. This is a, a this is a Zelda game I could get behind, especially yeah. if the rumors are true and the next Zelda ends up being a co-op one. Oh yeah, dude! Imagine that open world with just the two of us or more. 
Uh. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Monolith Soft is one of my favorite developers. The Xenoblade Chronicles 1, I it's one of probably my top five games of all time. Xenoblade Chronicles X, um, definitely not as good as the first one, but very good in a very different way. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 was a decent mix of both of them. So um, I'm excited to see what they do next, for sure. Um, Borderlands 3, man. That initial release trailer didn't wow many people. It looked like more no, Borderlands. I don't, I don't think the second one... The second one did either. more for me. Um, I, it's still like... Look, here's my thing. is yeah. I literally watched a stream. I was watching a stream of somebody playing Borderlands 2 the other day. Mm-hmm. And... Then I watched that trailer and I was like, this honest to God just looks like Borderlands 2. Yeah. And like, I can't get over that, that like this game just feels like I have to reserve final judgment for when the game comes out. I'm not, I'm not sitting here trying to tell anybody how to feel about Borderlands strictly me, but like, man, that game Borderlands hasn't been good since 2012. Let's be real. Like Borderlands 2 came out and was very good at the time, I don't think those games hold up as well as people like to think. Like, Borderlands 1, we played it a couple years ago. We tried to go through, and we all agreed that game's kind of rough around the edges. Oh, yeah. You know, like, yeah. in, in ways that we didn't appreciate when it first came out, or mm. or maybe ways that we were willing to ignore at the time because it was, you know, the fresh new thing. And, like... Oh, God, the thought of playing Borderlands 2 again to me right now, even knowing I have stuff I've never done in the game, it just kills me, dude. Like, the thought of loading that game back up, like, I just feel, like, so done with Borderlands 2. Mm -hmm. I want 3 to be really good, but, like, I look at the trailer and, like, man, that first trailer, they're, like, see the worlds. It was two swamps, or, no, it was two deserts, a swamp, and a city that I bet you you don't even go in. I bet you that's a backdrop. I can well, almost guarantee you, you will not go in that city. Well, let me get into some of the details of the actual kind of <laughs> update here. Um, confirm release date is September 13th. Um, it will Sooner be... Sooner than I was expecting, honestly. It, yeah. Um, it's going to launch uh, through the Epic Games Store on PC and come to additional storefronts in April 2020. Um, the four new playable characters are Moe's the Gunner, Amara the Siren, um, FL4K the Beastmaster, and Zane, the Operative. I might be Zane, just you know, in his honor. Yeah. Um, I think it's. A, I think the FL4K. I think that's supposed to be Flack. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think it is too. Um, so Moe's, who I believe is the standard soldier archetype, can summon a mech, which other players can mount, which seems pretty cool. Um, the Siren can summon uh, ethereal arms, um, so kind of like a ghost brick sounds like. Um, Flack can, controls beasts, um, and. Zane is like a, a rogue type slipping in and out of combat. Um, let's see. Um, there's going to be several, several worlds in the game as opposed to just being on Pandora. Um, there's going to be level sync in the game, um, which scales the experience for each player regardless That's of whether or not idea. they're playing online or split screen, including their level and mission progress. Um, the big new feature is vehicular combat. Um, which um, in the GameSpot article is says, they say is sure to inspire Mad Max-esque feelings in players as they tear across savage lands, engaging in combat with enemies. I feel like they said that about Borderlands 2. No, I don't remember Something, them saying that about Borderlands 2. I know they said that the vehicle combat was improved in Borderlands 2. Like, that was a focus. I mean, I, I hope the vehicles are better, because I never... 
I always feel like Borderlands vehicles are super weird. floaty. They're floaty, but then they they stop on a dime, you know, because they they clip an environment piece. Yeah, they're know? good for Boost Mobile, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm still I'm cautiously optimistic about the game. It depends on kind of like yes, I understand that the game almost looks identical, but if they update the systems and the new systems they implement are fun, I'm totally down. So yeah, like I, I'm not like I'll probably still pick up the game. I don't know. It just it, it feels weird to me. I'm looking at it and I just like there's something about it that just rubs me the wrong way. And yeah. It could just be me. Maybe I'm just done with Borderlands. You know, that might be it. Maybe I didn't like Borderlands as much as I thought. I don't know. I th- I think at the time those games were released, I think we genuinely did love those games, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Yeah. No, and. Uh, I don't know. I this would be the game that like maybe it's just cuz I've been burned so far in 2019. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I'm just maybe I'm just like I mean, I've cautiously become, pessimistic. Yeah, <laughs> I've become much more cynical for releases in 2019 to be honest. That's I don't know. Maybe maybe Borderlands should have waited a little longer. Yeah, just, I don't know. I just I just don't know like if this game is anything more than just more Borderlands 2, then it's a success. You know, I just, yeah. I don't even know what Gearbox is anymore, though, as a developer. That's like, the no, big Nobody thing. who worked on 2, I don't think anybody who worked on 2 is still there. That's the big thing, is that Gearbox is super weird. So, like, who knows what that thing will end up like. I Like, I hope it's good. Yeah, man. Like, we, I, we've as, had a lot as, of good times, man. As cynical as I'm being, and I understand I'm being very cynical here, but, like, I want the game to be good. I'm not going to, like, there are very rare circumstances where I'm going to be like, no, I want this game to fail, but. Yeah, I mean, if if you think back, a lot of, a lot of great memories, gaming memories we have are in Borderlands 2, whether it's me and constantly one. having a gambling addiction in Borderlands 2, <laughs> or just, like, Bloodwing in Borderlands 1, like, we have a lot of good memories with that franchise. We do, we do. So, I, I hope, I hope 3 can at least live up to and be as good in a more modern setting than. Yeah. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed. So. I hope it's good. I really yeah. hope it's good. I think it's smart that they're doing the different planet. I feel like that was what they were always hinting at, though. Yeah. Um, like, if nothing else, the ending of the pre-sequel was really cool. And yeah, it hinted was. at, like, a very evolving story. Um, I, Man, the one thing that I will not forgive them for is I really think limiting the game to, at this time, it appears, just four playable characters is a mistake. Because, like, I feel, you know, this is the perfect opportunity to bring back Lilith, to bring back Brick, you know, bring back Mordecai. Bring back the people, like, they have all the characters. Like, uh, let honestly, them, let I feel a lot like of they're, them be playable. I feel like they're implementing them in gameplay through the new characters. And I feel like the, a lot of those old characters were much better in NPC roles. Way more interesting. You think? I think so. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, like, Lilith in Borderlands 2? Awesome. Yes. Okay, I awesome. agree with that. I think they. I think those characters are way more interesting as NPCs. To be I, I think if nothing else, I think they should be like we said. We did say it though when we were playing Borderlands Two. Like they should be unlockable for like subsequent playthroughs. Sure. Like sure. if you play it yeah. again, like I hope they go that route where it's like, hey, you beat the game. Now you can play as the original Vault Hunters. Hey, you beat it on Vault Hunter mode. Now you can play as the Borderlands Two characters. Hey, yeah. you beat that. Now play as the people from the pre sequel. Yeah, I'd be totally. That down would be for cool. That. I I just don't want this like. Because the thing was, with Borderlands 2, I really didn't like the main cast of 4. And it wasn't until the Mechromancer came out that I actually really played the game. Mm -hmm. Like, the Mechromancer was my favorite class, and I had to pay for it, you know? 
And yeah. I don't I, want... I, the, I like I, Zero a lot. Yeah, I just don't want that to be another scenario where I don't find my character until the DLC comes out. Yeah, and it seems like they're mashing together a lot of the previous characters' gameplay. Like, with the new Siren, she's a Siren, but also is a little bit of Brick. And the Soldier is a little bit of Roland and a little bit of the Mecromancer. So it seems like they're trying to diversify playstyles and have them be a little more fluid. Yeah. But we'll see. It'll be interesting we'll to see. Yeah. So I what's this? I hope they redo the, the menu system. Yeah, that it's, it's a li- it's a little clunky. It is a little. I clunky. really hope, especially on PC. Yeah, I that is built I, for a controller. Oh my I, god! I, I st- something about that up the skill upgrade screen is still really satisfying to me for some reason. Like you can uh, have what, it like what it's that. just laid I, out or not. Like you know? I don't mind that, but I man, like the inventory is just so rough oh, with yeah, the mouse and yeah. keyboard. Like yeah. just redo the whole thing. Well, that's why you just play with a controller. It's superior. I, I What's this worth playing article? That you, you put on here. <sighs> so, uh, Torchlight 2. You remember that game, right? I do. Yeah, and, you know, it was weird because, you know, Torchlight is being supported by Perfect World, but they did, uh, after they made Hob, I think was the last game they put out, mm-hmm. uh, they shut down the original developers, Runic, or mm-hmm. they, they ceased uh, business. But Torchlight 2 came back came out in 2012, and you want to talk about a genre that's timeless. Yay, RPG. <laughs> Yeah. That's a yeah. that's a game from 2012 that probably still holds up really well today. Oh, I'm um sure. Torchlight 2 is coming to consoles. Hey. 9 years later or 7 years later. I was about later, to say me. it took a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean it it's it makes sense, you know, uh with with Diablo kind of setting the stage and then you've got uh you know Titan Quest, Grim Dawn is coming to consoles soon, coming to the Xbox. Uh, Path of Exiles out there Marvel now. Heroes Omega, rest in peace. <sighs> God, I miss it. <laughs> I know you do. Uh. Oh, man. But yeah, so Torchlight is coming to consoles, and I thought that was exciting. And I believe that they're going to have mod support. Yes, it will have mod support. So they will release an all-new version of Torch Ed, the Torchlight Editor. Uh, and players will have the option to create their own mods, even adding more con or adding even more content to the world. Uh, have your friends download the same mod and play together, which is nice. important because there's like the synergies mod for Torchlight mm-hmm. 2, which like makes the game a lot better. Yeah. So mods are important to Torchlight. Cool, and it's also coming to Switch. Yes, coming to all consoles. Yes, so for that's twenty cool. bucks. So like, yeah, that's a whatever. great price. Yeah, yeah. like. I don't care, again, I don't care how old it is as an ARPG, Titan Quest maybe being the exception here, but (laughs) that game did not play well on console, I played that on console, and let me tell you, I have no desire to go back to Titan Quest. Yeah, but, and also the Torchlight, like, visual design is timeless, so it's perfect for coming over. Like, that could be a game, like, I I know it's a a bad word, you know, I I know mobile's a bad word, but that could be a game that could run on a phone, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you wouldn't disappoint anybody because it's not a new Torchlight. Right, yeah. You know, Torchlight you 2 just... Immortal, you know, that's fine. It's like, whatever, the game's already been out for forever. It's not like they would make a sequel exclusive to the mobile devices. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> um, so, uh, Bulletstorm, full clip edition, is coming to Switch this summer. With the Duke Nukem DLC called Boom. Bulletstorm Duke of Switch Edition. Duke of Switch, um, So you good. can play with either the original protagonist or with Duke Nukem. Um, I know that a lot of Switch owners were upset because 
there was no announcement of any Borderlands coming to Switch. Not even the... Well, I know the first one is, like, being remade in, like, 4K or whatever, I heard, but... I heard that apparently Randy Pitchford hates the Switch. Uh, It wouldn't surprise me. Randy Pitchford kind of sucks. Yeah. So that wouldn't shock me. But, like, I heard, like, people... Like, there was a lot of people talking that apparently Randy Pitchford hates the Nintendo Switch. Oh, that's, that's fun. That's pure speculation, but, like, I've seen enough people talking about it that I feel like I missed something. And he just probably hates the Switch. Yeah, I could see that. Um, so yeah, small announcement. Um, it's coming to Switch. Uh, uh, I don't think they have a release date. But also, um, in kind of that same announcement window, they also did announce that We Happy Few is getting DLC called They Came From Below. Launching as part of the game Season Pass. Um, launching next week. So if you're still playing that, there you go. I think I have um, the season pass because I kickstarted oh, well, it. Oh, well, then you're getting DLC next week. Congratulations. Yeah. And um, I know we mentioned it, uh, but it, this was all during like the their, their PAX event where they announced all this stuff. And I know yeah. I talked about the game. Uh, they did also announce Risk of Rain 2. Uh, as, I, as I mentioned, um, it is 3D now. It is very fun, and it's available now on Steam Early Access. And yeah, you should buy it. It's kind of fascinating how it, they went from completely 2D to completely 3D for the sequel. I feel Not like that's probably a logical. That. That, that's probably a logical evolution when you have a publisher backing you. Yes. It's like, it's, yeah, all right, sure. we have money. Let's <laughs> make it 3D. Because I feel like there's probably a lot more you could do with that mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like design. Like yeah. may, maybe not as individually detailed environments because you know with 2D. There's a lot of stuff you can just kind of drop in the background as artwork, but. I feel like 3D, it probably opens it up to a lot of people who might have looked away the first time. Yeah, for sure. I see that. Um, really good. (laughs) Some sad news, Chris. Yes, 599 US dollars. Sony higher-up Kaz Harai, following in the footsteps of Reggie fils has retired from Sony. The fact that that guy became the CEO of Sony after saying 599 US dollars <laughs> on a stage with a straight face just shows the caliber of man that was. <laughs> the, yeah. the caliber of man that is Kazurai. <laughs> yeah, so he was with Sony for 35 years and he's going to still be working with them as uh, kind of a senior advisor for the company, but yeah, it's it's the passing of an era, really. He's been he's done so much. He's been a part of so many infamous press conferences. Um, so uh, I'm glad he will be getting the retirement he deserves. He's done a lot for the games industry. He did a lot for Sony. Like he did, yeah, he when yeah. he took over, he brought PlayStation to the top, and he got Sony out of its rut. Like Sony is a very stable and successful company again yeah in a way they were not in recent years so like nobody's talking about remember do you do you remember all those articles about how sony's gonna fold and playstation's gonna die you remember Mm -hmm. all that stuff from like the early 2010 time yeah yeah so much for that kazurai said no yeah that's all you need to know boom nobody questioned the, the the man himself yeah so i did actually did not look into this next link so i'm actually kind of curious about so epic you know they have their store um and and they said that they were going to curate their store you know yeah the witness is free right now by the way 
Um, so Assault Android Cactus. This is not a game I have played, but this Ooh, game... I've heard, heard very good things about yes, this game, though. This game is overwhelmingly positive mm-hmm. on Steam, which means it's like a 95-plus percent yeah. positive. Uh, Epic denied it to their store. Did they give which, a reason? Uh, so they weren't interested when I filled out their questionnaire and suggested I get back to them in a year or something, according to the developer. Um, so yeah, uh, according to Santana Mishra, the author of Assault Android Cactus. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if Epic is trying to set itself apart in this kind of first year by really just signing on big waves. So according to Mishra, this is from the article at Game Watcher, uh, Epic Games is now taking a very the very same stance that Valve used to take with Steam mm. way back in 2003 with them creating a walled garden sort of experience. This is the quote. Uh, I guess it's sort of appropriate that Epic are taking the exact same view Valve had in 2003 when they launched Steam since the EGS has about that level of Steam's feature set. Criticizing the fact that Epic Games Store... Shots fired. Yeah, does not have the feature set of Steam. Uh, I'm not sure people understand how insanely stressful life was when Steam had the same approach to curation that Epic has now. So, yeah, I mean, it's one thing to, you know, curate your store and look at games that, like, have obviously, you know, kind of sort of flopped. But to take a game that is very well respected, that like I read this and I I've never played that game, but like I saw the name and I was like, oh yeah, I've seen that on Steam. Like yeah. that's a game that's recognizable because it's very well received. Like you know, people really like this game, and for them to kind of come out and just be like, nah, that's a little weird. You know, you would think you would want this very highly rated. You know, you could put that Assault Android Cactus, overwhelmingly positive reviews, now available on the Epic Game Store. Yeah. Like, that writes itself. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it's true. They're just trying to really just sign big bangers early on and not wanting to, quote-unquote, clutter their store with smaller lesser well-known games yeah i I just Um, don't think that's a sustainable business practice no i mean it's not and and you know frankly a lot of the people are being babies about it because borderlands just got review bombed on steam again which randy pitchford is the type of guy who's gonna look at that and just be like fuck him you know (laughs) yep Yep, randy pitchford is gonna be like whatever we don't even need to come to steam we don't need you five thousand people goodbye if there's one redeeming, entertaining thing about Randy Pitchford is he is incredibly impulsive. So it's yeah. entertaining, at least. Yeah, I, I just, man, like, there's just, it, you know. It's, there, it, it sets a bad, it sets, I think, a bad precedent. I just really on. don't like, and, and I get it, you know, pe- people will make the argument. People will make the argument all day. It's just a different launcher. It's not a big deal. But, like. Your gate, it's 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 awkwardly gating content on PC, which is a very open platform. Like the idea of PC is that you should be able to go to any store and get any game, right? Theoretically, yeah. you know. Yeah. And Epic is treating the stores like consoles. We, we've got this exclusive, and like Valve never came out and said exclusively va- available on Steam. You know, it's developers choose to put their games on Steam. They put their codes on Steam. I don't think Valve ever paid anybody. Yo, put your game. Say it's exclusive to Steam. Say it. Well, I mean, they really didn't have much competition up until a few years ago. 
Yeah, when but like others, I, these launchers, they were really the only. Would you call this competition when they're just paying for games? Like, is this really is this really competition in the right way? I don't know if it's competition in the right way, but I mean between Epic, GOG, all the other launchers that have been showing up, like there are there is competition there where it wasn't before where Steam was really the only kind of shop in town. They didn't really have to market, hey, exclusively on Steam, because it that's everything's on Steam. But that's the thing, I don't think Valve even cares. Like there was there was an article I was reading earlier and like Valve doesn't even make money off of all the games that are on Steam. Like anytime you buy a code from like a GMG or like you go to a store, like I bought I bought Sekiro on on quotes disc. It was a cardboard cutout with a Steam code on it. You know they didn't Valve didn't make money on that. You know so it's like Valve isn't even making money off of all the games on their platform. If you buy it somewhere else and activate a code, Valve is offering services beyond just selling games and like. I don't see what the Epic Store is offering anybody yet, aside from we're the only place you can buy Metro Exodus, we're the only place you can buy Borderlands 3 right now, you know? Like, what does, what, like, what's gonna happen a year from now when these games exclusive, you know, the exclusivity window ends, and, you know, the developer can just go to Steam and sell the game for $60 again, you know? Yeah, and, I, and that's I, I mean... the other end of the spectrum. What if they come out and just start charging $60 for a game that's a year old now and already been sold on the Epic, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of... I think that is somewhat of a, a strength for Epic, locking these things up, is because, like, I mean, look at Rise of the Tomb Raider. It was a timed exclusive for Xbox, and then did did and then a year later, it's like the zeitgeist has passed. Who really cares? So all the sales were there initially. And then, yeah, it got some sales on PlayStation, but, like, uh, all of the sales on the Epic Store, the bulk of sales for a specific game will be there. And then it'll be released on Steam, sure, and it'll be more widely available, but there's going to be new like games my, that people my whole care about with more the whole thing point. is just, like, it, it's, it's not even an issue of, like, I have other launchers, you know? I have to run, even when I own a game on Ubisoft on Steam, Excuse me, I have to launch the Ubisoft launcher. You know, when EA did it, I have to launch that to play Apex. It's not an issue. And like EA, for many of the same reasons, frustrates me. Because I only use... Origin didn't even start with my PC until Apex came out. And the only reason it starts with my PC now is because I want to keep Apex Legends up to date. You know? Mm -hmm. And it's like... These stores have their place and that's fine. But it's like... I want all my games to run. I want to have my library as much as I can in one place. And of course, you know, that that's it. It's, it's not an issue of, I don't want to launch another program because I do that already. That's why I have BattleNet. you know, like I, I'm not sitting here complaining it, but it's just like this idea of, you know, it's one thing for EA. EA owns all the games they make, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's one thing for them to be like, hey, you know, I wouldn't expect Valve to put Half-Life 3 on Origin, right? If that ever came out. I wouldn't expect mm-hmm. them to put one of their games on a different storefront. Because they own Steam. That makes sense for them. This first party. It's whatever. That's forgivable. The fact that Ubisoft does it is amazing. And I think that's great for them to be like, hey, we have our own storefront, but we're still going to let you buy these games on your platform of choice. I think that was a smart move on their part because they probably get a bunch of people who didn't even know what Uplay was. You know, yeah. but like with Epic, it's just like, you can only buy this game here for one year. And it's like, why, 
Like, what what are you really gaining from me using your launcher just to play these games? Like, I'm not going to launch that thing, you know, when I load up. I'm not going to check my email for your sales. You know, and when, you, when I go to GMG, they don't even have, dude, they don't even have cards in stores. Like, you mm. can't go and buy, like, a $50 Epic Games card. Yo, I have a place where you can keep all of your library in one place. Shortcuts on your desktop. Yeah, no, it... <laughs> Boom. Problem solved. Yeah. I'm a genius. Pay me money. Like, it, it's it's not even, like, I wouldn't care if it was Steam. Uh, like, it, it's just, man, it's just I'm, so I'm sure there, I'm, I'm sure there's some stuff behind the scenes we're not aware of on the business side that well, we're not even it's, accounting it's, for. It's the better cut. That's what it comes down to. It's developers can make more money on the Epic Game Store. And I don't blame them for that. It's just that... The, it, I, you know, if you put the game out on both, obviously, you know, if you make, like, take Metro. If you charge $60 for it on Steam and $50 for it on Epic Game Store, but it was available on both, and you said, hey, because of the better cut, it's cheaper on the Epic Game Store, I would have probably still bought it on the Epic Game Store. Because why not save $10, right? Like, I mean, that's, yeah, in general, that's enough it comes down to it, it comes down to cost versus convenience at that point. If you do want to have everything in one place and you really care about that, then you would buy it on Steam. Yeah. But, like, I, I guess that's not even the thing. It's just this weird gated community feel. It just feels like, you know... Like Apple? Like these third-party games, you know, from all these different developers, and it's like they're, they ha- you have to choose a side. It just feels like this awkward thing. You have to choose. Mom or dad. Uh, Iron Man <laughs> or Captain America. Yeah. It's, it's, Bring it full circle. They're fight- Mom and dad are fighting again, and I yeah. don't like it. <laughs> it's just this weird thing and it's like you kind of no, expect it, it on consoles because like you're selling a box and you have to have a reason to put this box in someone's house and again mm. it's not it, it's not like it's okay there you know when it's a third party game but like I, it makes more sense there but when you put it in the context of like it's it's this icon or that icon you have to choose and it's like come on just put them on both and let the people decide yeah like yeah. come on it's, it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be this thing of, okay, this new game got announced. Where can I actually buy it? That's the question now. Whenever a new game gets announced, well, is it, is it going to be exclusive to Epic Games? Is it actually going to come to Steam? I don't know. Like, I have money in my Steam wallet. You know? Like, there's this marketplace, it turns out, on Steam where you can sell stuff and make money from the stuff in games. And I can't buy games with it because the games I would buy with it are on the Epic Games Store. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a weird situation. It's it's sure. so weird. And like it just I don't get it. Like it's just so weird because we've never had to deal with something like this on PC before. I feel like you know, yeah. outside of outside of like well EA has their thing for EA games and it's all right, whatever. Blizzard has their thing for Blizzard games and everything else is on Steam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. You know, it's not weird. Drive Club's being delisted from PSN in August. Yeah. Uh, I was briefly contemplating doing, like, a piece, because I remember really liking Drive Club, and I was, like, getting ready to write this thing of, like, yo, Drive Club's shutting down. You should totally grab it. And then I was like, let me play Drive Club real quick and get some screenshots I feel like that was a bad idea. And then I installed Drive Club, and I played it for about five minutes, and then I uninstalled Drive Club and deleted the article from my Drive. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to be writing that now. It's become kind of like a cult favorite at this point, and uh. Drive Club is a game I'll never forget because it's intrinsically tied to that weekend yep. you came and hang out and we marathon Steinsgate. Yeah, and then we made the future. What was it? Yeah. The, the... I, I I just I'm just thinking 
future war cult at this point. Yep. And I know that's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. Um, future something labs. Yeah, I don't remember. Future gadgets lab. There you go. Yeah, and it was, was like it was like hot pink. Yeah. Yeah. I changed um, that. <laughs> I got kind of tired of the hot pink. How dare you? You changed it to like a powder blue. No, you've ruined the sanctity of our brand. Yeah, our um, brand says the guy who never played Drive Club. <laughs> hey, I played it and I was like, this seems fine. Not going to play it ever again. Not my game. I think the last time I played it prior to like earlier this week was when Gran Turismo Sport came out and I bought that and mm-hmm. played it. And, you know, they were all like 4K 60 and I was playing it and I was like, this game doesn't look that good. <laughs> and then I was like, I think Drive Club looks better than this. And I loaded up Drive Club. I installed it again <laughs> just for this purpose. And I booted up Drive Club. And I was like, Drive Club does look better than that game. And that was the one thing it had going for know, it. I think Drive Club might have been the best looking racing game on PlayStation. Just It, it was that, up I'm there. Those weather effects there. were really good. Oh, the rain was so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's being delisted. That whole launch was almost comically bad. Now, to clarify, though. Um, the former director of the game, who is no longer there, but, um, Mm. he did go out on Twitter and he said that this is not, this, this doesn't go past being a licensing thing. He was like, Mm. it's not, you know, it's not like Sony wants to hide the game or anything. They would still sell it to you if they could, but it's the car licenses. They expire after five years. Mm. Mm -hmm. So he Mm -hmm. said, that's, that's the reason is if the game were more successful, Sony might be more inclined to renew that. But at this point, it's like, if you own it, you own it. Great. Keep playing the game. They're going to shut down the servers because nobody's playing the game. That's a business decision on Sony that had nothing to do with the licensing. But the delisting is the result of the car licenses are expiring. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense to renew them. Yeah. It makes total sense. Um, It's always sad to see a game go go away. I mean, he said Um, that's going to happen to every other racing game that uses licensed cars. Yeah. It's going to happen to Horizon. You know, Horizon 4 in a four more years and that's the the bummer of our digital future <laughs> where if it's di- only digital then you lose access to purchase no 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 no, no. you point. can still download them you just can't buy it it's no being... that's what i'm saying like if someone like comes to a game later on and it's gone i mean there's gonna be a new one to replace it though generally speaking there will generally be, there but will like be forza horizon 8 by the time we have to worry about four but like, like the famous example is the Scott Pilgrim Xbox Live Arcade game that no one can buy because of some weird licensing. Too thing. human. Yeah, and it's like that's why going all digital scares me because the games can just be taken away. Yeah, that and happened to that. Transformers Devastation. That happened to the Deadpool game. That's that, that's why I don't like all digital. <laughs> I like having physical copies that that I can play whenever I want, and that's a scary part of Google Stadia. Yeah, it's like Google, Google can pull that plug. Whenever they pull the plug on plenty of other initiatives they've started. So who knows? Different conversation, different time. Yeah. So speaking of PlayStation though. Yeah. Uh, slightly more positive news. Uh, mm-hmm. Sony is growing up. Uh, they're getting older and wiser and they have added something vaguely similar to a refund policy <laughs> to the PlayStation uh. store. Hey, Kaz Harai was holding it back all this time. Yeah, now that Kaz is gone, they're like, we can finally let you refund your games. Kind of. (laughs) Uh, So digital content bought on the PlayStation Store now comes with a 14-day refund policy that under certain conditions allows players to get their money back. 
this is from an article on VG247. Uh, in all cases, the refund is added to the PlayStation wallet balance. It, yeah, again, that makes sense because then they don't have to do a chargeback to a card. They just force you to spend it in their store again. Uh, mm. Full games and add-ons uh, can be refunded within 14 days of purchase, but only if you didn't start the download, install, or stream process. If the content is faulty, you may be granted a refund after downloading or installing. So, like, if you buy a game and, like, Anthem, and it breaks your playstation you can maybe be like hey sony <laughs> my playstation don't work anymore because of anthem and then they'll be like i got you <laughs> we'll refund you for anthem sorry about your playstation yeah you just recompile it it's fine yeah. just start it yeah. in safe mode uh same goes for pre-orders so you can cancel your pre-orders now which is great yeah players pre-order games that can in- request a refund anytime before the original uh, uh, before the official release date and for up to 14 days following the release date. Assuming, of course, great, the content uh... wasn't downloaded or installed. That's the part. I think they should do it as long as it hasn't been launched. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a lot of pre-release stuff. Like, ultimately, you would want a refund policy similar to Steam. Where it's like you can play the game for up to two hours. But, again, Sony doesn't want to deal with that. Because Sony doesn't have any infrastructure in place for this. So you have to call. Yeah. And that's why it's as restrictive as it is. Because they don't want you calling them all the time because you bought a game and decided you didn't like it or you beat an indie game in an hour. Yeah, yeah. Also, the the two-hour thing has its own faults for a lot of, like, story-based games that you can finish under that time that kind of rip away some revenue from those people. Like, there's a that's a whole other problem in and of itself. One one could argue in some of those cases that it's a blessing. You could, but what about Gone Home? I, I didn't. You're just going to finish it and refund it. I didn't refund Gone Home, and I wouldn't I refund Gone Home. To, yeah, I have over, like, I have like a dozen hours in Gone Home, okay? There's no refunding that. I played that game multiple times. Mm-hmm. When, when they're special, you know it. <laughs> there we go. But, that um, should go on the box. Yeah. Put, put me on your box. Years later... <laughs> Gone home. No, talking d- about gone home in 2019. Put me on your box. <laughs> no, just put that quote on the box. Just quote, put me on your box. Yep. Put me Which is on now officially the title of podcast this week's episode. podcast. Congratulations. Let's go. Put me on your um, box. Nailed it. Um, so Chris, yeah, I'm halfgen.com. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, I'm glad Sony is at least trying. Yeah. I mean, it, we're getting there. <laughs> yeah. You know, baby steps. You know what? Let's keep it on Sony real quick. Um, yep. The Ape Escape Japanese website has been updated for the first time since February 11th, 2011. Yeah, so I hadn't seen this, and I just read the title of the article in the URL, and it just made me... I never played the Ape Escape games. I have no affinity for the Ape Escape games. But it's pretty cool. But reading that title just made me kind of jolly. Yeah, like, listen, (laughs) Ape Escape is a weird, charming-ass game. Some people are worried it could be like you know an upcoming mobile thing, but they oh, added yeah. characters to the website. Pachinko. Yeah, like they added like character lore, like five new characters. So like maybe Sony gives this the medieval treatment. Maybe remember that time Snake was in Ape Escape and shot all those monkeys. No. Oh, you don't remember that? I never played Ape Escape. I never did either, but I saw that. I don't remember. If I know it was he like was in bu- Monster Hunter. 
I think it was a, a bonus mode in, I think, Metal Gear Solid 3 Subsistence, where oh, you run around the forest and shoot monkeys. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that, that seemed pretty great. Yeah. Yo, like, I'm not going to lie. If Sony was like, yo, we're releasing a new, a-, you know, in the next Sony, like, not Nintendo Direct, um, <laughs> if they were just like, yo, we're shadow dropping an Ape Escape game, you know, it's the whole collection mm. in 4K. We're doing the Crash Bandicoot thing ourselves for our game. I'd probably buy it. Yeah. You know, for like 30, 40 bucks, every Ape Escape game. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. Or maybe they're going to make a new PlayStation Classic with a, a DualShock. Be like, hey, yeah, well, remember the old one? Yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, man, that went so well the first time. Listen, this one has like a memory card slot and like we got, oh, oh, you can yeah. use your saves. Um, um, Also, um, you can, you can put more games on it. With a micro SD card, and you oh. can buy them. And please buy this PlayStation Classic. <laughs> please be excited. We're selling the U.S. versions of all the games now. It's not no no Europe no 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 fifty hertz. <laughs> please, you fifty hertz. It's too bad last time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh. like I I saw that today, and I was like, Yo, Ape Escape? What? <laughs> I haven't heard, I almost forgot about Ape Escape. Yeah, me too. That game always, the last time like, I thought looked about looked really cool. Yeah, last time I thought about Escape was yes, one <laughs> PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. Oh, where you could play Spike. Yeah, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Man, he was pretty good to too. make another one of those. Yeah, Smash is hot right now. Sure. <laughs> yep. Just be like, just call up Namco Bandai. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, who made Smash? Make All Stars. <laughs> There we go. Do it. We will give you millions of dollars. <laughs> and we will give you everyone. Yo, imagine like new Kratos. You have old Kratos. Get the old voice actor for him. And then you have like new Kratos. And it's just like, who are you? <laughs> who <Yeah>. are you? <laughs> <laughs> Boy. That'd be pretty good. Yeah. Our, a- Atreus is talking. You hear like old, like original Kratos. Like, shut up, boy. He's like, yes, boy. Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Now that's all I want is original yep. Kratos DLC. Just get like the like God of War three Kratos and put him in mm-hmm. with the original voice actor and just like do all the lines but angrier like boy shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, father. Yes, be sorry, be better. <laughs> it's like God of War abridged. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be down for Yo, that. Yo, the best video. Uh, I found a video. Somebody changed the voice of Perfect Cell and they redubbed it with Plankton. <laughs> and it's as funny as you think it is. It's perfect. Awesome. awesome. Oh my god. It, I'll share it with you after I have the link. It's just, it's so funny. <laughs> um, Man, you want to hear something funny? Yeah, sure. Civ 6 uh, save games now work on both PC and and switch i hear you eating in the background and all i'm thinking of is i'm gonna have to edit out every time the silverware clanks i might not even edit that out i might just let yours roll so you can hear all the stuff i have to do (laughs) Uh, i've been trying to be extra quiet the last one i admit was very loud that's on me um (laughs) i just hear it and i'm like i gotta edit that out what is it like an hour 10 all right Starting at an hour 10, Ross is an asshole. <laughs> I gotta get my protein after my workout. Um, but yeah, Civ uh, 6 save games work on PC and Switch. Yep, and so they're cloud we- saves, so they're interchangeable. Yep. Except the Switch only has the base Civ 6. So if you're playing any of the expansions, 
Yep. It doesn't matter. The expansions they have said will be coming out at some point this year on Switch, which would be um, cool. And I would, at yeah, this yeah. point, knowing that, I would actually strongly consider picking up the Switch version of the game because I've heard it did much better than they expected, which means it's probably a pretty decent port. Yeah, it was pretty well reviewed across the board, which I was kind of surprised about. But um, yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, if they could add crossplay, that would be awesome. The issue but... though now is like I'd have to un- I'd have to remove my mods couldn't play it with mods mm, mm. unless they add steam workshop to switch i don't think hey. they could do that dreams i don't think gabe would do that N- not media molecule but other dreams man who would have thought that game would have actually turned out to be kind of exciting right like dreams is hot like people yeah. are high on dreams <laughs> story of my life man <laughs> That's crazy. Um, um, yeah, sticking with Switch. Um, there's rumors that um, Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD will be coming to Switch. Not too much of a shock. Yeah, there. this is apparently like a Best Buy type leak. Um, it's from a reliable leaker who has reliable sources. Um, yeah, so that's not exactly surprising. Yeah, I mean, Wind Waker's what, already HD on the Wii U, so that's just a deluxe yeah. port right there. The, the, the and more Twilight, exciting, isn't it? Wasn't Twilight uh, port? Yes. Yeah, I, so that's an easy I, port. I think so. So the most exciting part of the whole Best Buy leak was uh, listings in their database for Persona 5 on Switch, Metro Prime Trilogy on Switch. Those were the, the big parts for yeah. me. I mean, uh, but like, who knows when we'll hear about it, because Metroid Prime Switch has been rumored for months since before the Game Awards. That's a Nintendo Direct during a three-time announcement, my friend. You better shadow drop that. Oh, yeah. I don't want to wait. Like, they need to just be like, it's available now, and I'm turning off the Direct and playing Metroid. <laughs> it's done. It's over. I'm just booting up Metroid Prime. Yeah. That's so, all that matters at that point. So that's exciting. I really want that trilogy to play through it for the first time, and I really want Persona 5 on Switch because I want to play it on the train. Yeah. So I wonder, though... Like I was saying, I said it at one point, I really wonder if um, it's just going to be the original Persona 5 on Switch and not the Royal. I, 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 I couldn't care less. The extra character that they added in 4 like wasn't a big deal. wasn't huge. Yeah. So if Persona 5 Royal is anything like that, I really don't care that's because just that what base game is still so yeah, good. Yeah, that's just what it sounds like to me. And, again, and like you said, that's okay. Like, I, I am more than happy... Yeah, but I think you're right. I think it is just going to be I the think base it's game. just going to be the base game because you're just going to take the PS3 version of that and port it. Yeah. Because that's equivalent. And I feel like with the Royal, you're probably cutting out the old console. So you're probably doing some type of update to the visuals. I would not be surprised if they were like PS4 Pro enhanced, 4K resolution, you know, uh, uh, better on- visuals, higher Honestly, Honestly, with that kind of game, I don't see them doing that because I, it's such a visually unintensive game. I know, but like, I'm just saying, like, you could maybe like clean it up, like demystify a little bit, you know? A little bit. I don't see anything significant. No, but like, especially if you hopefully bring it to PC, then it makes sense. Yeah, I don't care about that. I, I care about that. <laughs> yeah, but I just I can't play PC on the train. I mean, technically, you can. Not, not well. Technically, though. You can. Yeah, but I know. technically I can. <laughs> don't, don't be that guy, Chris. Don't be that guy. I'm not being any guy. I'm just saying. You have your laptop, and it just doesn't work half the time. 
Hey, my laptop works all of the time. Thank you very much. I haven't had any problems. We've had several months without an incident. <laughs> X, X amount of days without incident. Yep. I was thinking Monster Inc. when I was saying that. Oh, man. Um, so Apex had a funny little thing going on uh, earlier this week where there was a patch that was intended to fix bugs, and instead it reset a bunch of players' progress and heard about potentially that. leaked a new gun. That part seems far less important than the canceling. Well, out no. Progress. So apparently, like that was the issue. Was like some of these people like were either like logged in during the reset. Like this happened to, with Bungie. Oh, like yeah. Bungie did a, a server update, and people managed to stay logged in during the server update, and they got mm. a new engram, which they think is from the spring event that's coming like towards the end of the month. Yeah. So like it was a brand new engram with new stuff that's not in the game. They got put into their inventory by accident just because they were on during the update. Um, So they're thinking that these people probably got like a skin or got to got the gun somehow. Like the last time they did an update uh, before the the season pass um, before Octane came out and we were playing. It was me, TJ and uh, Cypher and we were playing and they had all the characters unlocked, even though they hadn't bought them. Oh. So while we were playing during this window, when they put like the jump pads in to tease Octane, all the characters were unlocked. Oh, gotcha. gotcha and then gotcha, when they gotcha. when they finished doing whatever they were doing to the servers, the characters were locked again. Have they said the progress wipe is permanent? Uh, or no, is they fixed it. That, that so uh, there was a okay, tweet from good, Respawn. Good, good. The issue with the account progress has been resolved. All accounts that were reset should be back to the level they were before the release of patch 1.1. Good. That's good. Yeah. So they fixed that. Very important. Um, that is important. Nice. But yeah. So there's a lot of weird stuff that happens when you're patching a game, and people like to ruin that. Yeah. Uh, let's wrap up the day. Speaking of Destiny and updates. Um. Mm. So apparently, it really sounds like Destiny Three is going to be a thing. There's going mm. to be a true. They're, I feel like they're making a mistake. But Destiny 3 is going to be a game. And that's... Yeah. Like, not not a mistake that they're making a Destiny 3 per se, but a mistake that it sounds like this is going to be a full and separate $60 release. Yes. That's the mistake. Ho- hopefully it's like between Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 where you don't actually port like transfer anything about your main character over besides their appearance and no progress and no history of what they've done. Hopefully they do that again because that was a great idea. Man, like some of this stuff that like they're doing with Destiny right now has me just very concerned about my long-term prospects with Destiny. So uh, there was another leak, uh, Anon the Nine, who is a very reliable leaker, and then Shadow of Anon the Nine. Um they they leaked some information so destiny 3 has been in the works for some time already and they will have guardians of darkness so apparently they will be maintaining the current subclass subclasses in some form Mm -hmm. and then they will be adding darkness and there will be open world pvpve areas which lead which lends you know reliability to some of the rumors that they might be doing away with the crucible like, they might be doing away with the PvP element of Destiny and just mm. going to this format, which makes me wonder what happens to Gambit in a world where everything's PvPVE. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, but who knows? Yeah, uh, yeah. They, they compared it to the way Planet Side uh, works. Mm-hmm. But uh, the story uh, for Destiny 3 will be focused on the Veil, a race of astro demons whose god was slain during the collapse. Uh, oh, astro demons sounds like a really bad Destiny fan fiction name. Uh, the Veil are planning oh. on capturing the Traveler to siphon its light, leading to the revival of their god. They might have been alluded to in one of Ada One's lore entries in the Black Armory as violent beings with greenish skin, sharp claws, and the stench of wet earth. Uh, it appears mm. we could also end up uh, we could also end up on one of their pyramid ships that would act as the dreaming city of sorts for Destiny Three. Uh, and yeah, that makes sense. From what I've heard, is the idea behind these guys would be they are effectively guardians of the dark already. So they would mm-hmm. be just as strong as you. Yeah. So guardians of yeah, darkness sure. could be people who swear fealty to this other god. That has to be the name of a death metal band already, right? What? Guardians of darkness. <laughs> I, I would have to. It imagine. absolutely has to be. Um. But yeah. So like, um, I'm, I'm interested in the idea of an enemy that's just as strong as us. Yeah. Because we're god. No, think- we are god killers. Yeah, I think narratively, I think it is an interesting way to go. It's they've been exploring the dark more and more yeah. um, within the game. Like they did a lot in the actual lore and the grimoire from the first game, but they've been implementing it more into the core game, which I which I think yeah, is a good idea. Yeah, Caesar the Drifter has a lot of, had a lot of really yeah. cool stuff. Oh man, I get the Zerb bounty again tomorrow. Yes, there you go. Yo, there's a lot of really cool stuff going on story wise. Yeah. Um. And as previously noted, uh, it would be more the game would be more in line with the hardcore crowd, so it would be a lot more difficult focusing on the hobbyists and those who would devote a lot of free time to it. Boy, I'm not gonna buy Destiny Three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, as far as uh. the rest of Destiny Two, uh, so there will it sounds like be a year three annual pass, and that there will not be a major expansion. Like, there will not be a Forsaken-level expansion. Uh, but the first DLC for the next annual pass would be significantly bigger to kickstart that pass. Uh, it would also be similar to the model which brought us Black Armory, Joker's Wild, the upcoming Penumbra. Uh, in the last DLC is full of mysteries, and Shadow has also mentioned the following. Uh, Penumbra will bring us back to the Leviathan to encounter Callus once more. Let's go. There will be a reveal about how, about the darkness enemies, the veil, and that will be in Destiny Three, uh, or the 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 darkness and the veil that will be in Destiny Three, and the Hawk Moon and the Dark Drinker exotics will return along with the, an exotic known as Rose. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um. So that sounds cool. Uh, it sounds like yeah. I'm gonna have to do some Crucible again because these are PvP weapons. Some of them. But, uh... Have fun. Yeah, I mean, I, God, I got to Fabled in competitive. Woof. Yeah, that's how I got the Recluse. I, I yeah. did it. Well, yeah, that's, you did it. For someone who hates... Uh, it's funny, because everyone in my clan hates Crucible, and, like, they yell at me because they're like, you were the only person who is stubborn enough to put up with it. Like, that, nobody mm. else will even try. They're like, I won't even talk. Like, one of the guys is just like, I don't care if it gives me a million engrams. I will not do Crucible. And he's like, and I don't understand for how much you hate it, how you can put up with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, on the whole, 
I'm very nervous about the idea mm-hmm. of this year three annual pass because the annual pass so far is not great. Mm-hmm. It's a hard sell. Like, cause yeah. this season, like it's only because of my stubbornness to get 21% delirium that I even played as much Gambit prime as I did. And everybody calls it Stockholm syndrome, but I actually prefer Gambit prime now to regular Gambit which is really weird and they all call it Stockholm Syndrome they're like oh you've got it bad like they, they're talking and I'm like yo there's something weird and I think I really like and they're like oh he's got it bad he's got it real bad yep. we need to help him <laughs> yep. uh, but man like I don't like the idea of another annual pass because the annual pass is great for like the first couple weeks mm-hmm. and then it's just a lot of like wait for stuff to do yeah no, I get that. I like get that for sure. Honest to God, like I like. Listen, you want to make a good annual pass. I'm not trying to go off on a tangent, but listen, if you want to make a better annual pass for your three, yeah, because we don't have time for it. No, I, we don't have time. Remember when you thought before this, Ross thought this was going to be a shorter podcast. We did front load this with uh, like ten minutes of Marvel talk. It's true. It was worth it. Yeah, it was fine. I think it was worth it. Um, but honest to God. You need to add strikes every season. Two to three strikes. Because I'm tired of, like, all this old content. And, like, they just keep sending you to do all the old content. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. I've done all of this. Give me new stuff to do. Give me new strikes. Add two to three new strikes each season. Like, if you're going to run this game as a service, because you're no longer asking people to just spend the money for... Uh, an expansion you're asking us to spend the money for an expansion like forsaken and then spend more money on top of that and now you're asking you know effectively the annual pass is the subscription to destiny you can play the free to play after you buy destiny you know destiny you know buy to play but to get the stuff you're basically paying a subscription for nine months of content right so yep there needs to be more substantial content to that. And I really don't think, especially considering, you know, with the DLCs, half their strikes that they added were boss fights again. I don't care if you do that. Just give me something new. Add a strike. Take a boss and make it a strike just so it's something different. Put me in an environment. Like I said, like Penumbra. Make a raid. Like take parts of the raid and make them into strikes. Like they don't need to be the events from the raid, but take those environments and just be like, yo, there's something going on in the Leviathan. Go in here and do this stuff. Or make the old raids relevant again. Cause they're still they're still level locked to to like 380. So you can't get anything good because it's no random rolls or anything. Even if they went through and made Leviathan, like just rework that gear and say, hey, random rolls on everything in Leviathan. Leviathan is scaled up to match Last Wish or Scourge, whatever. Do that. I am okay I'm- with that, just to have more stuff to do. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this might be a good article idea for you yeah, man. to expound upon. Yeah. Um, as a final news story that I just remembered, Ed Boon confirmed that Mortal Kombat 11 will be running at 60 frames per second on Switch. Woo! And That's important. Impressions from, impressions from people who actually played it on Switch at PAX, I think, looks pretty good, and it runs really well. You know, that's so, all you can ask for. That's all you for. can ask for. Hey. Yep. Hey, and I think that's a good place to end yeah. it. Um, man, yeah, maybe I should write about that building a better annual pass. Like, yeah, I, I, I I'm like hesitant. 
to like say anything. Like I want to review the season of the Drifter, but it's like, have I seen enough? I've probably seen enough. You don't even ask that question. Yeah. Be real with yourself. Yeah. You're the one that everyone puts on the box. That's all for this week, everyone. <laughs> it's been our pleasure as always. Um, yeah. I'll start playing games some point at some time once 2019 actually impresses me. Don't believe me. him. Don't trust anything he says. Ross is the only guy I'm in the mystery. world who writes for a video game website and doesn't play video games. <laughs> I play them sometimes. Um, also, for anyone who hasn't checked it out yet, check out the trailer for the new Joker movie starring Joaquin Phoenix. I thought that it looks fascinating. I thought that movie looked cool. But I, I just hate Joker yeah. origin stories. I like the mystery of the but, Joker better than I like the origin of the Joker. I get that. But That's just a me thing. Looks... That's just a me. No, the movie looks good. No, no, the no. movie looks good. Yeah. Like, I, Did you do? Do you watch the I trailer? I watched it twice. Yeah. I watched oh, it man, once and then I watched it again to see if I missed anything. And like, I thought it looked good. Like, I'm not sitting here down talking the movie. I just like. No, no, no. I don't, I don't know, man. I like, I, I like the mystery. I like the idea of the Joker who's like, you don't know his origin. Like, oh, what did he tell you? What was the story? You know? Yeah, I think there's room for multiple types of stories. And I think that this tortured... Like, they've been saying it's not a superhero movie. It's a, it's a character movie. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting I approach just really to, take. Wanna, and I, I, think, I just really hope he goes, like, super crazy. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I want him to go yeah, balls to the walls. Just super giggly, crazy Joker. Like, Heath Ledger, like, you know, slamming a guy onto a pencil. That's what I want. Yeah. Well, we'll be back next week i'll have we'll some back shazam impressions then. oh we will because yes. this weekend don't forget get your reading done kids because it's happening the book club podcast halo the flood it's coming we are doing that this weekend so look for that on sunday and uh yeah then we will Get have excited. another podcast next week. You're getting extra podcasts. It's a beautiful thing. We're too good to you. Just kidding. We love you. This is we shit. <laughs> we would like to play. Let's talk to you next week. Bye-bye.